Angels, I want to uh, open this morning with uh, a word of prayer. Get into a position of submission on your knees or prostrate on the floor. And let's uh, go to the Lord in prayer. Thank you, Jesus, for this day. Thank you, Jesus, for giving us this uh, this day to uh, learn about you and to let you live through our lives as we surrender this vessel, this body, as a living sacrifice unto you. Let every thought of mine be yours. Let every word of mine be yours. Let every beat of my heart be yours. Let every emotion that I feel be yours. Let every bit of a of this life, every step that I take, the good, the bad, and the ugly, all we use for the um, for those that yet love you, Lord. Lord, I um, just uh, ask that we, you keep us going forward, keep us going step towards the light, and let the deception of, of our, our world that we've been grown grown to know um, be burnt off like like a fog like a heavy fog would be, and let us come into the light with truth as our as our guide. I thank you, Jesus. We're going to leave the prayer open and uh, go to the Word. I've had some um, questions as to what Bible I'm reading because it's different, and I noticed that myself, and that's why I picked this Bible. Uh, there was a while, let's see, a while back I noticed that in the little pocket Bibles that... Um, get handed out that in the very beginning of revelations in verse one it said to read revelations out loud as the person reading it gets a blessing and the person that's hearing it gets a blessing well i you know read the bible quite a bit and i never noticed that before so i looked at it through all my bibles and and uh none of no i had no other bibles that that uh said anything like that and I went to research it on the internet and I found that there was a, <clears throat> that it does say, you know, going all the way back to the, uh, the original writing and, and then bringing it forward. It does say to read it out loud. And, and the other Bibles that I had looked at, they, they, uh, don't make it very, um, um, plain that you're supposed to read it out loud. So I thought, that uh, that was important. So I had, I found a Bible, and it's called the American Bible Society Bible. It's um, the Revised Standard Version, and this Bible, um, I really really like the way it is laid out, and uh, and it's it's an easy to read Bible, um, and I think it does. Uh, very well at capturing, you know, the original text, as opposed to some of the other Bibles that that I read. So, um, I I wanted to read you the preface of this um, Bible before we go into the reading today, and it says the Revised Standard Version of the Bible is an authorized revision of the American Standard Version published in 1901 which was a revision of the King James Version published in 1611. The first English version of the scriptures made by direct translation from the original Hebrew and Greek, and the first to be printed was the work of William Tyndall. He, he met bitter opposition. He was accused of willfully perverting 
the meaning of the scriptures and his new testimony was ordered to be burned as untrue translations he was finally betrayed into the hands of his enemy and in october uh, 1536 was publicly publicly executed and burned at the stake yet tyndale's work became the foundation of subsequent english versions notably chosen notably those of coverdale 1535 thomas thomas matthew probably a pseudonym for john rogers 1537 the great bible 1539 the geneva bible 1560 and the bishop's bible in 1568 in 1582, a translation of the New Testament made from the Latin Vulgate by Roman Catholic scholars was published at Rhymes. The translator who made the King James Version into account all of these preceding versions and, compares, and comparison shows that it owes not something to each of them. It kept fallacious phrases and apt expressions from whatever source which has stood the test of public usage it owed most especially in the new testament to tyndale the king james version had to complete compete with the geneva bible in popular use but in the end it prevailed and for more than two and a half centuries no other authorized translation of the bible into english was made the King James Version became the authorized version of the English-speaking people. The King James Version had, has with good reason been termed the noblest monument of English prose. Its revisers in 1881 expressed admiration for its simplicity and dignity, its power, its happy turns of expression, the music of its cadences, and the felicities of its rhymes it entered as no other book has into the making of the personal character and public institution of the english-speaking people we owe to it an incalculable debt yet the king james version has grave defects by the middle of the nineteenth century the development of biblical studies and the discovery of many manuscripts more ancient than those upon which the king james version was based made it manifest that these effects are so many and so serious as to call for a revision of the english translation the task was undertaken by the authority of the church of england in 1870 the english revived version of the bible was published in 1881 to 1885 and the american standard version its variant embodiment the preferences of the american scholars associated in the work was published in 1901 because of unhappy experience when, with unauthorized publications in the two decades between 1881 and 1901, which tampered with the text of the English revised, revised version in the supposed interest of the American public, the American Standard Version was copyrighted to protect the text from unauthorized changes in 1928. This copyright was acquired by the International Council of Religious Education and thus passed into the ownership of the churches of the United States and Canada, which were associated in this in this council through the Board of Education and Publication. That council appointed a committee of scholars to have charge of the text of the American Standard Version and to undertake inquiry as to whether further revisions were necessary. For more than two years, the committee worked upon the problem of whether or not revision should be undertaken and if so what should its nature and extent 
In the end, the decision was reached that there is need for a thorough revision of the version of 1901, which will stay as close to the Tyndale King James translation as it can in the light of our present knowledge of the Hebrew and Greek texts and their meaning on the one hand and our present understanding of English on the other. In 1937, the revision was authorized by a vote of council which directed that the result, resulting versions should be, should embody the best results of modern scholarship as to the meaning of the scriptures and express the meaning in English dictation, which is designed for use in public and private workshop, worship and preserve those qualities which have given to the King James Version a supreme place in 18th, in English literature. Thirty-two scholars have served as members of the committee charged with making the revision, and they have secured and reviewed and counsel of the advisory board of 50 representatives of the cooperating denominations. The committee had worked in two sections, one dealing with the Old Testament and one with the New Testament. Each section had submitted its work to the scrutiny of the members of the other section, and the charter of uh, committee requires that all changes be agreed upon a two-thirds vote of the total membership of the committee. The Revised Standard Version of the New Testament was published in 1946. The publication of the Revised Standard Version of the Bible containing the Old and New Testament was authorized by the vote of the National Council of the Churches of Christ in U.S. in 1951. The problem of establishing the correct Hebrew and Aramaic text of the Old Testament is very difficult from the corresponding problem in the New Testament. For the New Testament, we have a large number of Greek manuscripts preserving many variant forms of the text. Some of them were made only two or three centuries later than the original composition of the book. For the Old Testament, only only late manuscripts survive, all with the exception of the Dead Sea text of Isaiah and Habakkuk. And some fragments of other books based on standard, standardized form of the text established many centuries after the books were written. The present re- revision is based on the consolatel Hebrew and Aramaic text as fixed early in the Christian era and revised by Jewish scholars. The Masoretes of the 6th to 9th century, the vowel signs which were added by the Masoretes are Accepted also in the main, but but where a more probable and convincing reading can be obtained by assuming different vowels, this has been done. No notes are given in each such cases because the vowel points are less ancient and reliable than the consonants. Departures from the consonant text of the best manuscripts have made only where it seems clear that errors in copying have been made before the text was standardized. Most of the corrections in are adopted are based on the ancient version translation into the Greek, Aramaic, Syriac, and Latin, which were made before the time of the Masoretic revision and therefore reflect earlier forms of the text. In every such instance, a footnote um, specifies the version or versions from which the correction has been derived and also a translation of the Masoretic text. Sometimes it is evident that the text has suffered in transmission, but none of the versions provides a satisfactory, satisfactory restoration. Here we can only follow the best judgment of 
competent scholars as to the most probable reconstruction of the original text. Such corrections are indicated in the footnotes by the abbreviation CN and translation of the Masoretic text is added. The discovery of the meaning of the text once the best once the best readings have been established is aided by many new resources for under, understanding their original languages. Much progress has been made in the historical and comparative study of these languages. A vast quality of writing in related Semitic language, some of them only recently discovered, have greatly enlarged our knowledge of the vocabulary and grammar of Biblical Hebrew and Aramaic. Sometimes the present translations will be found the re to render a Hebrew word in a sense quite different from that of the traditional interpretation. It has not been felt necess necessary in such cases to attach a footnote because no change in the text is involved, and it may be assumed that the new rendering was not adopted without convincing evidence. The analysts of religious texts from the ancient Near East have made clear the significance of ideas and practice practices recorded in the Old Testament. Many Difficulties and obscurities, of course, remain where, where the choice between two meanings is particularly difficult or doubtful. We have given an alternate um, rendering on in a footnote. If in the judgment of the committee the meaning of a passage is quite uncertain or obscure, either because of corruption in the text or because of inadequate inadequacy of our present knowledge of the language, that fact is indicated by a note. It should not be assumed, however, that the committee was entirely sure or unanimous concerning every rendering not so indicated. To record all min minority views were was obviously out of the question. A major department from the practice a major departure from the practice of the American Standard Version is the rendering of the divine name the Tegre Grammation. The American Standard Version used the word Jehovah. The King James Version had employed this in four places, but everywhere else except in three cases where it was employed as part of, employed as as part of the proper name used the English word Lord, or in certain cases God printed in capital capitals. The present revision. Re returns to the procedure of the King James Version, which followed the precedent of the ancient Greek and Latin translators and the long-established practices in the reading of the Hebrew scriptures in the synagogue. Why it is, uh, why it is almost, if not quite certain, that the name was originally pronounced Yahweh, the, this pronunciation was not indicated when the Masoretes added vowel sounds to the Constantol's Hebrew text to the four consonants YHWH of the name, which has come to be regarded as too sacred to be pronounced. They attached vowel signs in indicating that in its place should be read the Hebrew name Adonali, meaning Lord, or Elam, meaning God. The ancient Greek translator substituted the word Kairos, Lord, for the name the Vulgate likewise likewise used the Latin word dominus, the form 
Jehovah is of late medieval origin. It is a combination of the consonants of the divine name of the vowel attachments to to it by the Masoretes, but belonging to an entirely different word. The sound of Y is represented by J and the sound of W by V, as in Latin. For two reasons, the committee has returned to the more familiar uses of the King James, James Version. One, the word Jehovah does not accurately represent any form of the name ever used in Hebrew, and two, the use of any proper name for the one and only God, as though there were other gods from whom he had to be distinguished and was dis, was discontinued in Judaism before the Christian era and is entirely inappropriate for the universal faith of the Christian church. The King James Version of the New Testament was based upon a Greek text that was marred by mistakes con, containing the accumulated errors of 14 centuries of manuscript, manuscript copying. It was essential the Greek text of the New Testament as As edited by Beza, 1589, who closely followed the pub the publishing by Ursma, 1516-1535, which was based upon a few medieval manuscripts. The earliest and best of the eighth manuscript was Ursma's consulting consulted was from the 10th century, and he made the least use of it because it differed most, most from the commonly revised text. Beza had access to two manuscripts of great value dating from the 5th and 6th centuries, but he made very little use of them because they differed from the text published by by Ursmus. We must, we now possess many more ancient manuscripts of the New Testament and are far better equipped to seek to recover the original wording of the Greek text. The evidence of the text of the books of the New Testament is better than for any other ancient book both in the number of extant manuscripts and in the nearness of the date of some of those manuscripts to the date when the book was originally written. The revisers in the 1870s had most of the evidence that we now have for the Greek text, though the most ancient of all extant, extant manuscripts of the Greek New Testament was not discovered until 1931, but they lacked the resources which which dis Discoveries within the past 80 years have afforded for understanding the vocabulary, grammar, and idioms of the Greek New Testament. An amazing body of Greek papyri has been unearthed in Egypt since the 1870s. Private letters, official reports, wills, business accounts, petitions, and other trivial everyday recordings of the activities of human beings. In 1895 appeared the first of Adolf de Descent men's studies of these original materials. He proved that many words which had hither, hitherto been assumed to belong to what was called biblical Greek were current in the spoken vernacular of the first century AD. The New Testament was written in the cone, the common Greek which was spoken and understand, understood practically everywhere throughout the Roman Empire in the early centuries of the Christian era. This development in the study of the New Testament Greek has come since the work on the English Revised Version and the American Standard Version were, was done, and at many points, she is new light upon sheds new light upon the meaning of the Greek text. A major reason for a revising of the King James Version, which is valid for both the Old Testament and the New Testament, is the change since 1611 in English usage. Many forms of expression have been 
archaic while still generally intelligible. The use of thou, thee, thine, then, and the verb endings est and edest, the verbs ending s and th, it came to pass that whosoever, whatsoever, insomuch that because that for that unto how be it, peradventure holding aforetime must needs would fain behoove to you ward etc other words are obsolete and no longer understood by the common reader the greatest problem however is presented by the english words which are still in consonant used but now convey a different meaning from their from from that that which they had in 1611 and in the king james version these words were once accurate translation of the hebrew and greek scriptures but now having changed the meaning they have become misleading they no longer say what the king james translators meant them to say the king james version uses the word let in the sense of hinder prevent to mean proceed allow in the sense of approve communicate for share conversation for conduct comprehend for overcome ghosts for spirit wealth for well-being allege for approve demand for ask take no thought for be not not anxious purchase a good degree for gain a good understanding the etc the greek word for immediate is translated in the king james version not only by immediately and and straight away but also by the terms anon by and by and presently these are more than 300 such english words which are used in the king james version in the sense substantial difference from what they now convey is not only does it not only does the king james translator no honor but it quite it's quite unfair to them and to the truth which they understood and expressed to retain these words which now convey meetings they did not attend the revised standard version of the bible containing the old and new testaments were published in on september 30th 1952 and has met with the wide acceptance this preface does not undertake to set forth in detail the lines along which the revision proceeded this is done in pamphlets entitled the introduction to the revised standard version of the old testament and an introduction to the revised standard version of the new testament written by members of the committee and designated to help the general public to understand the main principles which have guided this comprehensive revision of the king james and american standard version these principles were reaffirmed by the committee in 1959 in connection with the study of criticism and suggestions for various readers as a result few changes have been authorized for the present and subsequent editions most of these are corrections of punctuation capitalization or footnotes some change some changes of words or phrases are made in the interest of consistency clarity and accuracy of translation examples of such changes are from job nineteen twenty six bread matthew seven nine first corinthians ten seventeen is he Matthew twenty one nine and parallels the Son Matthew twenty seven fifty four Mark fifteen thirty nine asking nothing of me John sixteen twenty three for this only life only first Corinthians fifteen nineteen the husband of one wife first Timothy three two twelve and five three two twelve and then five nine Titus one 
6. All the reasons which led to the demand for revisions of the King James Version in the 19th century were still valid and are even more cognate now that they than then. We have had a freer charter than our precedent. Pre, our precedent, our precedent, our precedents in the 1870s in that we have not been required as they were to limit the language of the English Bible to the vocabulary of the Elizabeth, Elizabethan age, but we hope that we have not taken under, undue advantage of that freedom. The Revised Standard Version is not a new translation in the language of today. It is not a paraphrase which aims at striking idioms. It is a revision which seeks to preserve all that is best in the English Bible as it has been known and used through the years. It is intended for use in public and private worship, not merely for reading and instruction. We have resisted the temptation to use phrases that are merely current uses and have sought to put the message of the Bible in simple, endearing words that are worthy to stand in the great Tyndall King James tradition. We are glad to say that the King James translators truly good Christian reader, we never thought, thought from the beginning that we should need to make a new translation nor yet to make of a bad one a good one, but to make a good one better. The Bible is more than a historical document to be preserved, and it is more than a, class, a classic of English literature to be cherished and admired. It is recorded as a record of God's dealing with men, of God's revelation of himself and his will. It records the life and work of him in whom the word of God became flesh and dwelt among men. The Bible carries its full message into those who regard it simply as a heritage of pastor praise. It's literally, it's literally style, but to those who read it, that they may discern and understand God's words to men. That word must not be distinguished in phrases that are no longer clear or hidden under words that have been changed or lost their meaning. It must stand forth in language that is direct and plain and meaningful to people today. It is our hope and our earnest prayer that the Revised Standard Version of the Bible may be used by God to speak to men in these monument time and to help them to understand and believe and obey His Word. So, um, this is, uh, that's the reason I read this, this particular version, um, that I wanted to read it out, out loud, um, and because I, in my opinion, it's, it's the closest, um, um, to what was the originally wrote, and, and that's just because, um, of trying to find, you know, the one that was, and so anyway, you can use whatever Bible that you're led to use, um, but uh, I, what I really thought was I'll, I'll read, the, I read my study Bible first out loud, and then I'm going to read this one, and then I have another uh, um, Bible that I, I like the way it um, it goes. It seems to read, um, and I was going to read that one too. Um, so then we'll get a a good uh, idea of what all the different ones say. And maybe I'll even um, challenge myself to read the King James at some point. But for now, here we go. Then we're in chapter 10 of First Kings. Now when the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord, she came to test him with hard questions. She came to Jerusalem with a very great 
red, red, red chinoo with camels bearing spices and very much gold and precious stones. And when she came to Solomon, she told him all that was on her mind. And Solomon answered all her questions. There were nothing hidden from the king, which he could not explain to her. And when the queen of Sheba had seen all the wisdom of Solomon, the house that he had built, the food of his table, the seating of his officials and the attendants of his servants, their clothing, his cupbearers, and the burnt offerings, which he offered at the house of the Lord, there was no more spirit in her. And she said to the king, This report was true, which I heard in my own land of your affairs and of your wisdom, but I did not believe that the report until I came and on my own eyes had seen him, and behold, the half was not told to me. Your wisdom and prosperity surpasses the report which I heard. Happy are your wives. Happy are these your servants who continually stand before you and hear your wisdom. Blessed be the Lord your God who has delighted in you and set you on the throne of Israel because the Lord loved Israel forever. He has made your, you king that you may ex execute justice and righteousness. Then she gave the king a hundred and twenty talents of gold and a very great quantity of spices and precious stones. Never again, never again come came such an abundance of spices as these which the queen of Sheba gave to King Solomon. Moreover, the fleet of Hiram, which brought gold from Ophir, brought from Ophir a very great amount of almug wood and precious stone, and the king made of the almug wood support for the house of the Lord and for the king's house, lyres also and harps for the singers. No such almug wood had come or been seen to this day. And King Solomon gave to the queen of Sheba all that she desired, whatever she asked, besides what was given her by the bounty of the king Solomon. So she turned and went back to her own land with her servants. Now the weight of gold that came to Solomon in one year was 666 talents of gold, beside that which came from the traders and from the traffic of the merchants and from all the kings of Arabia and from the governors of the land. King Solomon made 200 large shields of beaten gold, 600 shekels of gold went into each shield, and he made 300 shields of beaten gold. Three minias of gold went into each shield, and the king put them in the house of the forest of Lebanon. The king also made a great ivory throne and overlaid it with the finest gold. The throne had six steps, and at the back of the throne was a calf's head, and on each side of the seat were arms rest and two lions standing beside the armrest while twelve lions stood stood there one on each end of the step on the six steps the like of it was never made in any kingdom all king solomon's drinking vessels were of gold and all the vessels of the house of the forest of lebanon were of pure gold none were of silver it was not considered as anything in the days of solomon for the king had a fleet of ships of tarnish at sea with the fleet of hiram once ever Every three years, the fleet of ships of Tarnish used to come, bringing gold, silver, ivory, apes, and peacocks. Thus, King Solomon excelled all the kings of the earth in riches and in wisdom, and the whole earth sought the presence of Solomon to hear his wisdom, which God had put into the mind, into his mind. Every one of them brought his, every one of them brought, brought his present articles of silver and gold garments mirror, spice, horses and mules, so much 
so much year by year. And Solomon gathered together chariots and horsemen. He had 1,400 chariots and 12,000 horsemen, which he stationed into the chariot cities and with the king of in Jerusalem. And the king made silver and as common in Jerusalem as stone, and he made cedar as plentiful as the sycamore of the Shephelah. And Solomon import of horses was from Egypt and Q, and the king's traders received them from Q at a price. A chariot could be imported from Egypt for 600 shekels of silver and a horse for a 150. And so through the king's traders, they were exported to all the king of the Hittites and the kings of Syria. This is the chapter that talks about the Queen of Sheba and the, just that little part in here. But in um, the New Testament, it talks about the um, Queen of the South. And I looked that up to see who that was. And the scholars think that Queen of the South is the Queen of Sheba. And so then the Queen of the South, they also refer to as the Queen of the Heathens. Um, so anyways, it, it's worth the, um, if you're inter interested or, or uh has a question about the Queen of Sheba. I, I think it's um good to look her up because also I believe that it's um the Queen of the South is the same uh person that is uh one of the people of the Song of Songs. So I think it's a it's a good thing to um to look up and and to understand as I as. My understanding, that's who we're looking for um, as one part. Now, chapter 11. Now, K King Solomon loved many foreign women, the daughter of Pharaoh and Moabite, Ammonite, Edomite, Sidonian, and Hittite women from the nations concerning which the Lord has said to the people of Israel, You shall not enter into marriage with them, neither shall they with you, for surely they will turn away your heart from after their gods. Solomon clung to these these in love. He had 700 wives, princesses, and 300 concubines, and his wives turned away his heart from when Solomon was old. His wives turned away his heart after other gods, and his heart was not wholly true to the Lord his God, as was the heart of David his father. For Solomon went after Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Sidonians, and after Milcom, the abomination of the Ammonites. So Solomon did what was evil in the sight of the Lord and did not wholly follow the Lord. So David his father as David his father had done, the Solomon built a high place for him for she Shemash the abomination of Moab and for Molech the abomination of the Ammonites on the mountains east of Jerusalem. And so he did for all of his foreign wives who burned incense and sacrifices to their gods. And the Lord was angry with Solomon because his heart had turned away from the Lord, the God of Israel, who had appeared to him twice and had commanded him concerning these things. That he should not go after other gods, but he did not keep what the Lord commanded. Therefore the Lord said to Solomon, Since this has been your mind, and you have not kept my covenant and my statutes, which I have commanded you, I will surely tear the kingdom from you and you and will give it to your servant. Yet for the sake of David, your father, I will not do it in your days, but I will tear it out of your hands of your son. However, I will not tear away all of the kingdom, but I will give one tribe to your son for the sake of David, my servant, and for the sake of Jerusalem, which I have chosen. And the Lord raised up an adversary against Solomon, Hadad, 
the Edomite, he was one of the royal house in Edom, for which David was in Edom, and Job, the, the commander of the army, went up to bury the slain. He slew every male in Edom, for Job and all Israel remained there six months, until he had cut off every male in Edom. But Hadad fled to Egypt together with certain Edomites of his father's servants, Hadad being yet a little child. They set out from Midian and came to Paran and took men from them from Paran and came to Egypt to Pharaoh's king of Egypt who gave him a house and assigned him an allowance of food and gave him land. And Hadad found great favor in the sight of Pharaoh so that he gave him in marriage the sister of his own wife, the sister of Taphanes the queen and the sister of Taphanes bore him Genubath his son whom Taphanes weaned in Pharaoh's house, and Genubath was in Pharaoh's house among the sons of Pharaoh. But when Hadad heard in Egypt that David slept with his fathers and that Job, the commander of the army, was dead, Hadad said to Pharaoh, Let me depart, that I may go to my own country. But Pharaoh said to him, What have you lacked with me that you are now seeking to go to your own country? And he said to him, Only let me go. God also raised up as an adversary to him Reason, the son of Elada, who had fled from his master Hadad, Hadadezer, king of Zobath, and he gathered men about him and became leader of a Mardigar band after the slaughter by David, and they went to Damascus and dwelt there and made him king in Damascus. He was an adversary of Israel all the days of Solomon, doing mischief as Hadad did, and he abhorred Israel and reigned over Syria. Jehovah Jehovahbum, the son of Nebat, an Ephraimite of Zerida, a servant of Solomon, whose mother's name was Zeru, a widow, also lifted up his hand against the king, and this was the reason why he lifted up his hand against the king. Solomon built the millow and closed up the breach of the city of David, his father, the man Jeroboam was very able, and when Solomon saw that a young man was industrious, he gave him charge over all the forced labor of the house of Joseph. And at that time, when Jeroboam went out of Jerusalem, the prophet Asia, the Shilonite, found him on the road. Now Asia had clad himself with a new garment, and the two of them were alone in the open country. Then Asia laid hold of the new garment that was on him and tore it into twelve pieces. And he said to Jeroboam, Take for yourself ten pieces, for thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Behold, I am about to tear the kingdom from the hand of Solomon and will give you ten tribes. But he shall have one tribe for the sake of my servant David and for the sake of Jerusalem, the city which I have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel, because he has forsaken me and worshipped Azertoth, the goddess of the Sidonians, Shemash, the god of Moab, and Milcom, the god of the Ammonites, and has not walked in my ways, doing what is right in my sight, and kept keeping my statutes and my ordinances as, as David his father did. Nevertheless, I will not take the whole kingdom out of his hand, but I will make him ruler all the days of his life for the sake of David, my servant, whom I choose, who kept my commandments and my statutes. But I will not will take the kingdom out of his son's hand and will give it to you ten tribes. Yet to his son I will give one tribe that David, my servant, may always have a lamp before me in Jerusalem, the city where I have chosen to put my name. And I will take you, and you shall reign over all that your soul desires, and you shall be king over Israel. And if you will hearken to all that I command you, and will walk in my ways, and do what is 
right in my eyes by keeping my statutes and my commandments as David my servant did I will be with you and will build you a sure house as I built for David and I will give Israel to you and I will for this afflict the descendants of David but not forever Solomon sought therefore to kill Solomon sought therefore to kill Jeroboam but Jer Jeremosis and fled but Jeremosis but Jeroboam arose and fled into Egypt to Shikshak king of Egypt and was in Egypt until the death of Solomon now the rest of the acts of Solomon and all that he did and his wisdom are they not written in the book of the acts of Solomon and the time that Solomon reigned in Jerusalem over all Israel was 40 years and Solomon slept with his fathers and was buried in the city of David his father and we we hope about his his son reigned in his stead. Chapter twelve. We hope about went to Shechem for all Israel had come to Shechem to make him king. And when Jeroboam the son of Nebat heard of it, for he was still in Egypt, whether he had fled from King Solomon. Then Jeroboam returned from Egypt, and they sent and called him. And Jeroboam and all the assembly of Israel came and said to Rehoboam, Your father made our yoke heavy. Now therefore lighten the hard service of your father and his heavy yoke upon us, and we will serve you. He said to them, Depart from thee for three days, then come again to me. So the people went away. Then King Rehoboam took counsel with the old men, who had stood before Solomon, his father, while he was yet alive, saying, How do you advise me to answer these people? And they said to him, If you will be a servant to this people today and serve them and speak good words to them when you answer them, then they will be your servants forever. But he forsook the counsel which the old man gave him and took counsel with the young man who had grown up with him and stood before him. And that and he said to them, What do you advise? What do you advise that we answer the people who have, who, who have said to me, lighten the yoke that your father put upon us? And the young man who had grown up with him said to him, Thus shall you speak to the people who said to you, Your father made our yoke heavy, but do you like, but do you lighten it for us? Thus shall you say it to them, My little finger is thicker than my father's loins, and now. Whereas my father laid upon you a heavy yoke, I will add to your yoke. My father chastised you with whips, but I will chastise you with scorpions. So Jeroboam and all the people came to Rehoboam the third day, as the king said, Come to me again the third day. And the king answered the people harshly and forsaken the counsel which the old man had given him. He spoke to them according to the counsel of the young man, saying, My father made your yoke heavy, but I will add to your yoke. My father chastised you with whips, but I will chastise you with scorpions. So the king did not hearken to the people, for it was a turn of affairs brought about by the Lord, that he might fulfill his words, which the Lord spoke by Asia the Shalonite to Jeroboam the son of Nebat. And when all Israel saw that the king did not hearken to them, the people answered the king, What portion have we in David? We have no inheritance in the son of Jesse. To your tents, O Israel, look now to your own house house David. So Israel departed to their tents, but Rehoboam reigned over the people of Israel who dwelt in the cities of Judah. Then King Rehoboam sent 
Abram, who was taskmaster over the forced labor, and all Israel stoned him to death with stones, and King Rehoboam made haste to mount the chariots to flee to Jerusalem. So Israel had been in rebellion against the house of David to this day. And when all Israel heard that Jeroboam had returned, they sent and called him to the assembly and made him king over all Israel. There was none that followed the house of David, but the tribes of Judah only. When Rehoboam came to Jerusalem, he assembled all the house of Judah and the tribe of Benjamin, a hundred and eighty thousand chosen warriors to fight against the house of Israel to restore the kingdom to Rehoboam, the son of Solomon. But the word of God came to the Shemina, the man of God, say to Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, king of Judah, and to all the house of Judea and Benjamin, and to the rest of the people. Thus says the Lord, You shall not go up or fight against your kingsmen, the people of Israel. Return every man to his home, for this for this thing is from me. So they hearkened to the word of the Lord, and went home again according to the word of the Lord. Then Jeroboam built Shisham in the hill country of Ephraim, and dwelt there. And he went out from there, and built Peniel. And Jeroboam said, said in his heart now the kingdom will turn back to the house of david if this people go up to offer sacrifices in the house of the lord of, of jerusalem at jerusalem then the heart of these people will turn again to their lord to rehoboam king of judea and they will kill me and return to rehoboam king of judea so the king took counsel and made two calves of gold and he said to the people you have gone up to jerusalem long enough behold your gods O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt, and he set one in Bethel and the other put in Dan, and this thing became a sin for the people who went to the one in Bethel and to the other as far as Dan. He also made houses on high places and appointed priests from among all the people who were not of the Levites, and Jeroboam appointed the feast on the fifteenth day of the eighth month, like the feast that was in Judah, and he offered sacrifices upon the altar, so he did in Bethel, sacrificing to the to the calves that he had made, and he placed in Bethel the priests of the high places that he had made. He went up to the altar which he had made in Bethel on the fifteenth day in the eighth month, in the month which he had devised of his own heart, and he ordained a feast for the people of Israel, and went up to the altar to burn incense. Chapter 13. And behold, a man of God came out of Judea by the word of the Lord to Beth of Jehobim, was standing by the altar to burn incense, and the man cried against the altar by the word of the Lord, and said, O altar, altar, thus says the Lord, behold, a son shall be born to the house of David, Josh by the name, and he shall sacrifice upon you the priest of the high places, who burns incense upon you, and men's bones shall be burned upon you. And he gave a sign the same day saying this is the sign that the lord has spoken behold the altar shall be torn down and the ashes that are up upon it shall be poured out and when the king heard the saying of the man of god which he cried out against the altar of bethel jeroboam stretched out his hand from the altar saying lay hold of him and his hand which he stretched out against him dried up so that he could not draw it back to himself the altar also was torn down and the ashes poured out from the altar according to the sign which the man of God had given by the word of the Lord. And the king said to the man of God, Entreat now that entreat now the favor of the Lord your God, and pray for me, and my hand may be restored for me. And the man of God entreated the Lord, and the king's hand 
was restored to him and because and and became as it was before and the king said to the man of god come home with me and refresh yourself and i will give you a reward and the man of god said to the king if you give me half of your house i will not go in with you and i will not eat bread or drink water in this place for so it was commanded me by the word of the Lord, saying, You shall neither eat bread nor drink water nor return by the way that which you came. So he went another way and did not return the way that he came to Bethel. Now there dwelt an old prophet in Bethel, and the sons came and told him all that the man of God had done that day in Bethel. The word words also which he had spoken to the king they told to their father and their father said to them which way did he go and his son showed him in the way which the way which the man of god who came from judah had gone and he said to his sons saddle the ass for me so they saddled the ass for him and he mounted it and he went after the man of god and found him sitting under an oak and he said to him are you the man of god who came from judah and he said, I am. And then he said to him, Come home with me and eat bread. And he said, I may not return with you or go in with you, neither will I eat bread nor drink water with you in this place. For it was said to me by the word of the Lord, You shall neither eat bread nor drink water there nor return by the way that you that you came. And he said to him, I also am a prophet as you are. And an angel spoke to me by the word of the Lord, saying, Bring him back with your with." with you into your house that he may eat bread and drink water but he lied to him so he went back with him and ate bread in his house and drank water and as they sat at the table the word of the lord came to the prophet who had brought him back and he cried to the man of god who came from judah thus says the lord because you have disobeyed the word of the lord and have not kept the commandment which the lord your god commanded you but have come back and have eaten bread and drunk water in the place of which he said to you eat no bread and drink no water your body shall not come to the tomb of your father and after he had eaten bread and drunk he settled to ask for the prophet whom he had brought back and as he went away a lion met him on the road and killed him and his body was thrown in the road and the ass stood beside it the lion also stood beside the body and behold men passed by and saw the body thrown in the road and the lion standing by the body and they came and told it to the city where the old prophet dwelt and when the prophet who had her who had brought him back from the way heard of it he said it is it is the man of god who disobeyed the word of the Lord. Therefore the Lord has given him to the lion, which has torn him and slain him, according to the word which the Lord spoke to him. And he said to his sons, Saddle the ass for me. And they saddled it. And he went and found his body thrown in the road, and the ass and the lion standing beside the body. The lion had not eaten the body or, or torn the ass. And the prophet took up the body of the man of God and laid it upon the ass and brought it back to the city to mourn and to bury him. And he laid the body in his own grave, and they mourned over him, saying, Alas, my brother. And after he had buried him, he said to his sons, When I die, bury me in the grave in which the man of God is buried. Lay my bones besides his bones for the saying which he cried by the word of the Lord against the altar in Bethel and against all the houses of the high places which are in the cities of Samaria shall surely come to pass. After these things, Jeroboam did not turn from his evil way, but made peace priests for the high places again from among all the people any who would be consecrated to be priests of the high places and this thing became sin to the house of jeroboam so as to cut it off and to destroy it from the face of the earth chapter 14
At that time, Asia, the son of Jeroboam, felt sick. And Jeroboam said to his wife, Arise and disguise yourself, and it that it be not known that you are the wife of Jeroboam, and go to Shiloh. Behold, Asia, the prophet, is there, who said of me that I should be king over the people. Take with you ten loaves, some cakes, and a jar of honey, and go to him. He will tell you what shall happen to the child. Jeroboam's wife did so. She arose and went to Shiloh and came to the house of Asia. Now Asia could not see, for his eyes were dim because of his age. And the Lord said to Asia, Behold, the wife of Jeroboam is coming to inquire of you concerning her son, for he is sick. Thus and thus shall you say to her, when she came, she pretended to be another woman. But when Asia heard the sounds of her feet as she came in at the door, he said, Come in, wife of Jeroboam, why do you pretend to be another? For I am charged with heavy tidings for you. Go tell Jeroboam, go tell Jeroboam, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, because I have exalted you from among the people and made you leader over my people Israel and tore the kingdom away from the house of David and gave it to you. And yet you have not been like my servant David and kept my commandments and followed me with all your heart, doing only that which was right in my eyes. But you have done evil above all that were before you and have gone and made for yourself other gods and molten images, provoking me to anger and have cast me behind your back. Thus, therefore, behold, I will bring evil upon the house of Jeroboam. And I will cut off from Jeroboam every male, both bond and free in Israel, and will utterly consume the house of Jeroboam as a man burns up dung until it is all gone. And one belongs to the Jeroboam, and anyone belonging to Jeroboam who dies in the city, the dog shall eat, and one who dies in the open country, the birds of the air shall eat, for the Lord has spoken it. Arise, therefore, go to your house. When your feet enter the city, the child shall die, and all Israel shall mourn for him and bury him. For he only of, for he only of Jeroboam shall come to the grave, because in him there is found something pleasing to the Lord, the God of Israel, in the house of Jeroboam. Moreover, the Lord will raise up for himself a king over Israel, who shall cut off the house of Jeroboam today. And henceforth, the Lord will smite Israel as a reed is shaken in the water, and root up. And root up Israel out of their good land, which he gave to their fathers, and scatter them beyond the Euphrates, because they have made their Asherim, provoking the Lord to anger. And he will give Israel up because of the sins of Jeroboam, which he sinned, and which he made Israel to sin. The Jeroboam's wife arose and departed and came to Tiz and as she came to the threshold of the house, the child died, and all Israel buried him and mourned for him, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by his servant Asia the prophet. Now the rest of the acts of Jeroboam, how he were word and how he reigned, behold, they are written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Israel, and the time that Jeroboam reigned was twenty-two years, and he slept with his fathers, and Nadid his son reigned in his stead. Now Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, reigned in Judea. Rehoboam was 41 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 17 years in Jerusalem, the city which the Lord had chosen out of all the tribes of Israel to put his name there. His mother's name was Nahum the Ammonite, Ammonitus, 
and Judah did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, and they provoked him to jealousy with their sins, which they committed more than all their fathers had done. For they also built for themselves high places and pillars and ashram on every high hill and under every green tree. Green tree. And there was also male cult, cult prostitutes in the land. They did according to all the abominations of the nations which the Lord drove out before the people of Israel. In the fifth year of King Rehoboam, Shimshak, king of Egypt, came to up against Jerusalem. He took away the treasures of the house of the Lord and the treasures of the king's house. He took away everything. He also took away all the shields of gold which Solomon had made, and King Rehoboam made in their stead shields of bronze and committed them to the hands of the officers of the guard who kept the door of the house of, of the king's house. And so often as the king went into the house of the Lord, the guard bore them and brought them back to the guard's room. Now the rest of the acts of Rehoboam and all that he did, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Judea? And there was war between Rehoboam and Jeroboam continually. And Rehoboam slept with his fathers and was buried with his fathers in the city of David. His mother's name was Nahum the Amorites, and Abijam his son reigned in his stead. And that's the end of chapter 14. Angels, I want to uh, open this morning with uh, a word of prayer. Get into a position of submission on your knees or prostrate on the floor. And let's uh, go to the Lord in prayer. Thank you, Jesus, for this day. Thank you, Jesus, for giving us this uh, this day to uh, learn about you and to let you live through our lives. As we surrender this vessel, this body, as a living sacrifice unto you, let every thought of mine be yours. Let every word of mine be yours. Let every beat of my heart be yours. Let every emotion that I feel be yours. Let every bit of uh, of this life, every step that I take, the good, the bad, and the ugly, all we use for the um, for those that yet love you, Lord. Lord, I um, just... Uh, Ask that we, you keep us going forward, keep us going step towards the light and let the deception of, of our, our world that we've been grown, grown to know, um, be burnt off like, like a fog, like a heavy fog would be. And let us come into the light with truth as our, as our guide. I thank you, Jesus. We're going to leave the prayer open and, uh, go to the word. I've had some um, questions as to what Bible I'm reading because it's different. And I noticed that myself, and that's why I picked this Bible. Um, there was a while, let's see, a while back I noticed that in the little pocket Bibles that um, get handed out, that in the very beginning of Revelations in verse 1, it said to read Revelations out loud as the person reading it gets a blessing and the person that's hearing it gets a blessing. Well, I, you know, read the Bible quite a bit, and I never noticed that before. So I looked at it through all my Bibles, and and uh, none, of, no, I had no other Bibles that that uh, said anything like that. And I went to research it on the internet, and I found that there was a 
<clears throat> that it does say, you know, going all the way back to the, uh, the original writing and, and then bringing it forward, it does say to read it out loud. And, and the other Bibles that I looked at, they, they, uh, don't make it very, um, um, plain that you're supposed to read it out loud. So I thought that, uh, that was important. So I had, I found a Bible and it's called the American Bible Society Bible. It's, um, the Revised Standard Version. And this Bible, um, I really, really like the way it is laid out and, uh, and it's, it's an easy to read Bible. Um, and I think it does, uh, very well at capturing, you know, the original text as opposed to some of the other Bibles that, that I read. So, um, I, I wanted to read you the preface of this, um, Bible before we go into the reading today. And it says the revised standard version of the Bible is an authorized revision of the American Standard Version published in 1901, which was a revision of the King James Version published in 1611. The first English version of the scriptures made by direct translation from the original Hebrew and Greek and the first to be printed was the work of William Tyndall. He, he met bitter opposition. He was accused of willfully perverting the meaning of the scriptures and his new testimony was ordered to be burned as untrue translations. He was finally betrayed into the hands of his enemy and in October uh, 1536 was publicly, publicly executed and burned at the stake. Yet Tyndale's work became the foundation of subsequent English versions, notably chosen, uh, notably those of Coverdale 1535, Thomas Thomas Matthew, probably a pseudonym for John Rogers, 1537, the Great Bible, 1539, the Geneva Bible, 1560, and the Bishop's Bible in 1568. In 1582, a translation of the New Testament made from the Latin Vulgate by Roman Catholic scholars was published at Rhymes. The translator who made the King James Version into account all of these preceding versions and comparison and comparison shows that it owes not something to each of them it kept felicitous phrases and app expressions from whatever source which has stood the test of public usage it owed most especially in the new testament to tyndale the king james version had to complete compete with the geneva bible in popular use but in the end it prevailed and for more than Two and a half centuries, no other authorized translation of the Bible into English was made. The King James Version became the authorized version of the English-speaking people. The King James Version had, has, with good reason, been termed the noblest monument of English prose. Its revisers in 1881 expressed admiration for its simplicity and dignity, its power, its happy turns of expression, the music of its cadences, and the felicities of its rhymes it entered as no other book has into the making of the personal character and public institution of the english-speaking people we owe to it an incalculable debt yet the king james version has grave defects by the middle of the 19th century the development of biblical studies and the discovery of many manuscripts 
more ancient than those upon which the King James Version was based, made it manifest that these defects are so many and so serious as to call for a revision of the English translation. The task was undertaken by the authority of the Church of England in 1870. The English Revived Version of the Bible was published in 1881 to 1885, and the American Standard Version, its variant embodiment, the preferences of the American scholars associated in the work was published in 1901. Because of unhappy experience when, with unauthorized publications in the two decades between 1881 and 1901, which tampered with the text of the English Revised, revised Version in the supposed interests of the American public, the American Standard Version was copyrighted to protect the text from unauthorized changes in 1928. This copyright was acquired by the International Council of Religious Education and thus passed into the ownership of the churches of the United States and Canada, which were associated in this, in this council through the Board of Education and Publication. The council appointed a committee of scholars to have charge of the text of the American Standard Version and to undertake inquiry as to whether further revisions were necessary. For more than two years, the committee worked upon the problem of whether or not revision should be undertaken, and if so, what should its nature and extent. In the end, the decision was reached that there is need for a thorough re revision of the version of 1901, which will stay as close to the Tyndale King James trans translation as it can to in the light of our present knowledge of the Hebrew and Greek text and their meaning on the one hand and our present understanding of English on the other. In 1937, the revision was authorized by a vote of council which directed that the result, resulting version should, be, should embody the best results of modern scholarship as to the meaning of the scriptures and express the meaning in English dictation, which is designed for use in public and private workshop, worship and preserve those qualities which have given to the King James Version a supreme place in 18th, in English literature. Thirty-two scholars have served as members of the committee charged with making the revision, and they have secured and reviewed and counsel of the advisory board of 50 representatives of the cooperating denominations. The committee had worked in two sections, one dealing with the Old Testament and one with the New Testament. Each section had submitted its work to the scrutiny of the members of the other section, and the Charter of of committee requires that all changes be agreed upon a two-thirds vote of the total membership of the committee. The Revised Standard Version of the New Testament was published in 1946. The publication of the Revised Standard Version of the Bible containing the Old and New Testament was authorized by the vote of the National Council of the Churches of Christ in U.S. in 1951. The problem of establishing the correct Hebrew and Aramaic text of the Old Testament is very difficult from the corresponding problem in the New Testament. For the New Testament, we have a large number of Greek manuscripts preserving many variant forms of the text. Some of them were made only two or three centuries later than the original composition of the book. For the Old Testament, only, only late manuscripts survive, all with the exception of the Dead Sea text of Isaiah and Habakkuk. Hab and some fragments of other books based on standard, standardized form of the text established many 
centuries after the books were written. The present re revision is based on the Consolatel Hebrew and Aramaic texts as fixed early in the Christian era and revised by Jewish scholars. The Masoretes of the 6th to 9th century, the vowel signs which were added by the Masoretes are accepted also in the main, but but where a more probable and convincing reading can be obtained by assuming different vowels, this has been done. No notes are given in each such cases because the vowel points are less ancient and reliable than the consonants. Departures from the consonant texts of the best manuscripts have made only where it seems clear that errors in copying have been made before the text was standardized. Most of the corrections in it are adopted are based on the ancient version translation into the Greek, Aramaic, Syriac, and Latin, which were made before the time of the Masoretic revision and therefore reflect earlier forms of the text. In every such instance, a footnote um, specifies the version or versions from which the correction has been revived and also a translation of the Masoretic text. Sometimes it is evident that the text has suffered in transmission, but none of the versions provides a satisfactory, satisfactory restoration. Here we can only follow the best judgment of competent scholars as to the most probable reconstruction of the original text. Such corrections are indicated in the footnotes by the abbreviation CN and translation of the Masoretic text is added. The discovery of the meaning of the text once the best once the best readings have been established is aided by many new resources for under, understanding their original languages. Much progress has been made in the historical and comparative study of these languages. A vast quality of writing in related Semitic language, some of them only recently discovered, have greatly enlarged our knowledge of the vocabulary and grammar of Biblical Hebrew and Aramaic. Sometimes the present translations will be found the re to render a Hebrew word in a sense quite different from that of the traditional interpretation. It has not been felt necess necessary in such cases to attach a footnote because no change in the text is involved, and it may be assumed that the new rendering was not adopted without convincing evidence that Analysts of religious texts from the ancient Near East have made clear the significance of ideas and practice, practices recorded in the Old Testament. Many difficulties and obscurities, of course, remain where, where the choice between two meanings is particularly difficult or doubtful. We have given an alternate um, rendering on in a footnote if in the judgment of the committee the meaning of a passage is quite uncertain or obscure either because of corruption in the text or because of inadequate inadequacy of our present knowledge of the language that fact is indicated by a note it should not be assumed however that the committee was entirely sure or unanimous concerning every rendering not so indicated to record all mine minority views were was obviously out of the question a major department from the practice a major departure from the practice of the American Standard Version is the rendering of the divine name the Tegramation. The American Standard Version used the word Jehovah, the King James Version 
had employed this in four places, but everywhere else except in three cases where it was employed as part of, employed as as part of the proper name used the English word Lord or in certain cases God printed in capital capitals the present revision re, returns to the procedure of the King James Version which followed the precedent of the ancient Greek and Latin translators and the long established practices in the reading of the Hebrew scriptures in the synagogue why it is um, uh, why it is almost if not quite certain that the name was originally pronounced Yahweh. The, this pronunciation was not indicated when the Masoretes added vowel sounds to the Constantol's Hebrew text to the four consonants Y-H-W-H of the name, which has come to be regarded as too sacred to be pronounced. They attached vowel signs in indicating that in its place should be read the Hebrew name Adonali, meaning Lord, or Elam, meaning God. The ancient Greek translator substituted the word Kairos, Lord, for the name. The Vulgate likewise, likewise used the Latin word Dominus, the form Jehovah. It is of late medieval origin. It is a combination of the consonants of the divine name of the vowel attachments to to it by the Masoretes, but belonging to an entirely different word. The sound of Y is represented by J, and the sound of W by V, as in Latin. For two reasons, the committee has returned to the more familiar uses of the King James, James Version. One, the word Jehovah does not accurately represent any form of the name ever used in Hebrew, and two, the use of any proper name for the one and only God, as though there were other gods from whom he had to be distinguished and was dis was discontinued in Judaism before the Christian era and is entirely inappropriate for the universal faith of the Christian church. The King James Version of the New Testament was based upon a Greek text that was marred by mistakes con containing the accumulated errors of 14 centuries of manuscript, manuscript copying. It was essential the Greek text of the New Testament as as edited by Beza, 1589, who closely followed the, pub the publishing by Ursma, 1516-1535, which was based upon a few medieval manuscripts. The earliest and best of the eighth manuscript was Ursma's consulting, consulted was from the 10th century, and he made the least use of it because it differed most, most from the commonly revised text. Beza had access to two manuscripts of great value dating from the 5th and 6th centuries, but he made very little use of them because they differed from the text published by, by Ursmus. We must, we now possess many more ancient manuscripts of the New Testament and are far better equipped to seek to recover the original wording of the Greek text. The evidence of the text of the books of the New Testament is better than for any other ancient book both in the number of extant manuscripts and in the nearness of the date of some of those manuscripts to the date when the book was originally written. The revisers in the 1870s had most of the evidence that we now have for the Greek text, though the most ancient of all extant, extant manuscripts of the Greek 
New Testament was not discovered until 1931, but they lacked the resources which which dis discoveries within the past 80 years have afforded for understanding the vocabulary, grammar, and idioms of the Greek New Testament. An amazing body of Greek papyri has been unearthed in Egypt since the 1870s. Private letters, official reports, wills, business accounts, petitions, and other trivial everyday recordings of the activities of human beings. In 1895 appeared the first of Adolf de Descent men's studies of these original materials. He proved that many words which had hither, hitherto been assumed to belong to what was called biblical Greek were current in the spoken vernacular of the first century AD. The New Testament was written in the cone, the common Greek which was spoken and understand, understood practically everywhere throughout the Roman Empire in the early centuries of the Christian era. This development in the study of the New Testament Greek has come since the work on the English Revised Version and the American Standard Version were, was done, and at many points, she is new light upon sheds new light upon the meaning of the Greek text. A major reason for a revising of the King James Version, which is valid for both the Old Testament and the New Testament, is the change since 1611 in English usage. Many forms of expression have been archaic while still generally intelligible. The use of thou, thee, thine, then, and the verb endings est and edest, the verbs any, s and th, it came to pass that whosoever, whatsoever, insomuch that because that for that unto, howbeit, peradventure, holden aforetime must needs, would fain behoove to you, Ward, etc. Other words are obsolete and no longer understood by the common reader. The greatest problem, however, is presented by the English words, which are still in consonant used, but now convey a different meaning from their, from, from that that which they had in 1611, and in the King James version, these words were once accurate translation of the Hebrew and Greek scriptures, but now having changed. The meaning they have become misleading. They no longer say what the King James translators meant them to say. The King James Version uses the word let in the sense of hinder, prevent, to mean proceed, allow in the sense of approve, communicate for share, conversation for conduct, comprehend for overcome, ghosts for spirit, wealth for well-being, allege for approve, demand for ask, take no thought for be not not anxious, purchase a good degree for gain, a good understanding, the etc. The Greek word for immediate is translated in the King James Version not only by immediately and and straight away, but also by the terms anon, by and by, and presently. These are more than 300 such English words which are used in the King James Version in the sense substantial difference from what they now convey is not only does it not only does the King James translator no honor, but it quite it's quite unfair to them and to the truth which they understood and expressed to retain these words which now convey meetings they did not attend. The revised standard version of the Bible containing the Old and New Testaments were published in on September thirtieth, nineteen fifty two, and has met with the wide acceptance. This pre preface does not under undertake to set forth in detail the lines along which 
the revision proceeded. This is done in pamphlets entitled The Introduction to the Revised Standard Version of the Old Testament and an Introduction to the Revised Standard Version of the New Testament, written by members of the committee and designated to help the general public to understand the main principles which have guided this comprehensive revision of the King James and American Standard Version. These principles were reaffirmed by the committee in 1959 in connection with the study of criticism and suggestions for various readers. As a result, few changes have been authorized for the present and subsequent editions. Most of these are corrections of punctuation, capitalization, or footnotes. Some, change, some changes of words or phrases are made in the interest of Consistency, clarity, and accuracy of translation. Examples of such changes are from Job 19.26, bread, Matthew 7.9, 1 Corinthians 10.17, is he, Matthew 21.9, and parallels the son, Matthew 27.54, Mark 15.39, ask nothing of me, John 16.23, for this only, life only, 1 Corinthians 15.19, the husband of one wife, 1 Timothy, Three, two, twelve, and five, three, two, twelve, and then five, nine, Titus one, six. All the reasons which led to the demand for revisions of the King James Version in the 19th century were still valid and are even more cognate now that they, than then. We have had a freer charter than our precedent, our precedent, our precedent, our precedents in the 1870s in that we have not been required as they were to limit the language of the English Bible to the vocabulary of the Elizabeth, Elizabethan age, but we hope that we have not taken undue, undue advantage of that freedom. The Revised Standard Version is not a new translation in the language of today. It is not a paraphrase which aims at striking idioms. It is a revision which seeks to preserve all that is best in the English Bible as it has been known and used through the years. It is intended for use in public and private worship, not merely for reading and instruction. We have resisted the temptation to use phrases that are merely current uses and have sought to put the message of the Bible in simple, endearing words that are worthy to stand in the great Tyndall King James tradition. We are glad to say that the King James translators truly good Christian reader, we never thought, thought from the beginning that we should need to make a new translation nor yet to make of a bad one a good one, but to make a good one better. The Bible is more than a historical document to be preserved, and it is more than a, class, a classic of English literature to be cherished and admired. It is recorded as a record of God's dealing with men, of God's revelation of himself and his will. It records the life and work of him in whom the word of God became flesh and dwelt among men. The Bible carries its full message into those who regard it simply as a heritage of pastor praise. It's literally, it's literally style, but to those who read it, that they may discern and understand God's words to men. That word must not be distinguished in phrases that are no longer clear or hidden under words that have been changed or lost their meaning. It must stand forth in language that is direct and plain and meaningful to people today. It is our hope and our earnest prayer that the Revised Standard Version of the Bible may be used by God to speak to men in these monument time and to help them to understand and believe and obey His Word.
so um this is a that's the reason I read this this particular version um that I wanted to read it out out loud um and because I, in my opinion it's it's the closest um um to what was the originally wrote and and that's just because um of trying to find you know the one that was and so anyway you can use whatever bible that you're led to use um but uh, I, what I really thought was, I'll, I'll read, the, I read my study Bible first out loud, and then I remember to read this one, and then I have another, uh, um, Bible that I, I like the way it, um, it goes. It seems to read, um, and I was gonna read that one too, um, so then we'll get a, a good, uh, idea of what all the different ones say. And maybe I'll even, um, challenge myself to read the King James at some point. But, for now, here we go. Then we're in chapter 10 of First Kings. Now when the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord, she came to test him with hard questions. She came to Jerusalem with a very great retinue with camels bearing spices and very much gold and precious stones. And when she came to Solomon, she told him all that was on her mind. And Solomon answered all her questions there were nothing hidden from the king which he could not explain to her. And when the queen of Sheba had seen all the wisdom of Solomon, the house that he had built, the food of his table, the seating of his officials and the attendants of his servants, their clothing, his cupbearers, and the burnt offerings which he offered at the house of the Lord, there was no more spirit in her. And she said to the king, This report was true which I heard in my own land of your affairs and of your wisdom, but I did not believe that the report until I came and on my own eyes had seen him, and behold, the half was not told to me. Your wisdom and prosperity surpasses the report which I heard. Happy are your wives, happy are these your servants who continually stand before you and hear your wisdom. Blessed be the Lord your God who has delighted in you and set you on the throne of Israel because the Lord loved Israel forever. He has made your, you king that you may ex execute justice and righteousness. Then she gave the king a hundred and twenty talents of gold and a very great quantity of spices and precious stones. Never again, never again come, came such an abundance of spices as these which the queen of Sheba gave to King Solomon. Moreover, the fleet of Hiram, which brought gold from Ophir, brought from over oh, a very great amount of almug wood and precious stone and the king made of the almug wood support for the house of the lord and for the king's house lyres also and harps for the singers no such almug wood had come or been seen to this day and king solomon gave to the queen of sheba all that she desired whatever she asked besides what was given her by the bounty of the king Solomon. So she turned and went back to her own land with her servants. Now the weight of gold that came to Solomon in one year was 666 talents of gold, beside that which came from the traders and from the traffic of the merchants and from all the kings of Arabia and from the governors of the land. King Solomon made 200 large shields of beaten gold, 600 shekels of gold, went into each shield, and he made 300 shields of beaten gold, three 
many as of gold went into each shield, and the king put them in the house of the forest of Lebanon. The king also made a great ivory throne and overlaid it with the finest gold. The throne had six steps, and at the back of the throne was a calf's head, and on each side of the seat were arms rest and two lions standing beside the armrest, while twelve lions stood stood there, one on each end of the step on the six steps. The like of it was never made in any kingdom. All King Solomon's drinking vessels were of gold, and all the vessels of the house of the forest of Lebanon were of pure gold. None were of silver. It was not considered as anything in the days of Solomon, for the king had a fleet of ships of tarnish at sea with the fleet of Hiram. Once, every, every three years, the fleet of ships of tarnish used to come, bringing gold, silver, ivory, apes, and peacocks. Thus King Solomon excelled all the kings of the earth in riches and in wisdom and the whole earth sought the presence of solomon to hear his wisdom which god had put into the mind into his mind every one of them brought his every one of them brought brought his present articles of silver and gold garments mirror spice horses and mules so much so much year by year and solomon gathered together chariots and horsemen he had fourteen hundred chariots and twelve thousand horse horsemen which he stationed into the chariot cities and with the king of in jerusalem and the king made silver and as common in jerusalem as stone and he made cedar as plentiful as the sycamore of the shepala and solomon import of horses was from egypt and q and the king's traders received them from q at a price a chariot could be imported from egypt for six hundred shekels of silver and a horse for a hundred and fifty and so through the king's traders they were exported to all the king of the hittites and the kings of syria this is the chapter that talks about the queen of sheba and the, just that little part in here but in um the new testament it talks about the um queen of the south and I looked that up to see who that was, and the scholars think that Queen of the South is the Queen of Sheba, and so the, and the Queen of the South they also refer to as the Queen of the Heathens. Um, so, anyways, it, it's worth the um, if you're inter interested or or uh, have some question about the Queen of Sheba, I I think it's um, good to look her up because also I believe that it's um, the Queen of the South is the same. Uh, person that is uh one of the people of the song of songs so i think it's a it's a good thing to um to look up and and to understand as i as my understanding that's who we're looking for um as one part now chapter 11 now K king solomon loved many foreign women the daughter of pharaoh and moabite ammonite edomite Sidonian and Hittite women from the nations concerning which the Lord has said to the people of Israel, You shall not enter into marriage with them, neither shall they with you, for surely they will turn away your heart from after their gods. Solomon clung to these these in love. He had seven hundred wives, princesses, and three hundred concubines, and his wives turned away his heart from when Solomon was old. His wives turned away his heart after other gods, and his heart was not wholly true to the Lord his God, as was the heart of David his father. For Solomon went after Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Sidonians, and after Milcom, the 
abomination of the Ammonites. So Solomon did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, and did not wholly follow the Lord. So David his father, as David his father had done, that Solomon built a high place for him, for she Shemash the abomination of Moab, and for Molech the abomination of the Ammonites, on the mountains east of Jerusalem. And so he did for all of his foreign wives, who burned incense and sacrifices to their gods. And the Lord was angry with Solomon, because his heart had turned away from the Lord, the God of Israel, who had appeared to him twice, and had commanded him concerning these things. that he should not go after other gods, but he did not keep what the Lord commanded. Therefore the Lord said to Solomon, Since this has been your mind, and you have not kept my covenant and my statutes, which I have commanded you, I will surely tear the kingdom from you and, you, and will give it to your servant. Yet for the sake of David your father, I will not do it in your days, but I will tear it out of your hands of your son. However, I will not tear away all of the kingdom, but I will give one tribe to your son, for the sake of David, my servant, and for the sake of Jerusalem, which I have chosen. And the Lord raised up an adversary against Solomon, Hadad, the Edomite. He was one of the royal house in Edom, for which David was in Edom. And Job, the, the commander of the army, went up to bury the slain. He slew every male in Edom, for Job and all Israel remained there six months until he had cut off every male in Edom. But Hadad fled to Egypt together with certain Edomites of his father's servants. Hadad being yet a little child, they set out from Midian and came to Paran and took men from them from Paran and came to Egypt to Pharaoh's king of Egypt who gave him a house and assigned him an allowance of food and gave him land. And Hadad found great favor in the sight of Pharaoh so that he gave him in marriage the sister of his own wife, the sister of Taphanes, the queen, and the sister of Taphanes bore him Genubath, his son, whom Taphanes weaned in Pharaoh's house, and Genubath was in Pharaoh's house among the sons of Pharaoh. But when Hadad heard in Egypt that David slept with his fathers and that Job, the commander of the army, was dead, Hadad said to Pharaoh, Let me depart, that I may go to my own country. But Pharaoh said to him, What have you lacked with me that you are now seeking to go to your own country? And he said to him, Only let me go. God also raised up as an adversary to him, Reason, the son of Elada, who had fled from his master, Hadad, Hadadezer, king of Zobath. And he gathered men about him and became leader of a Mardi Gras band after the slaughter by David. And they went to Damascus and dwelt there and made him king in Damascus. He was an adversary of Israel all the days of Solomon, doing mischief as Hadad did, and he abhorred Israel and reigned over Syria. Jehovah, Jehovah, the son of Nebat, an Ephraimite of Zerida, a servant of Solomon, whose mother's name was Zeru, a widow, also lifted up his hand against the king, and this was the reason why he lifted up his hand against the king. Solomon built the millo and closed up the breach of the city of David, his father, the man Jeroboam was very able, and when Solomon saw that a young man was industrious, he gave him charge over all the forced labor of the house of Joseph. And at that time, when Jeroboam went out of Jerusalem, the prophet Asia, the Shilonite, found him on the road. Now Asia had clad himself with a new garment, and the two of them were alone in the open country. 
Then Asia laid hold of the new garment that was on him and tore it into twelve pieces. And he said to Jeroboam, Take for yourself ten pieces, for thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Behold, I am about to tear the kingdom from the hand of Solomon and will give you ten tribes. But he shall have one tribe for the sake of my servant David and for the sake of Jerusalem, the city which I have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel, because he has forsaken me and worshipped Azertoth, the goddess of the Sidonians, Shemash, the god of Moab, and Milcom, the god of the Ammonites, and has not walked in my ways, doing what is right in my sight, and kept keeping my statutes and my ordinances as, as David his father did. Nevertheless, I will not take the whole kingdom out of his hand, but I will make him ruler all the days of his life for the sake of David, my servant, whom I choose, who kept my commandments and my statutes. But I will not will take the kingdom out of his son's hand and will give it to you ten tribes yet to his son i will give one tribe that david my servant may always have a lamp before me in jerusalem the city where i have chosen to put my name and i will take you and you shall reign over all that your soul desires and you shall be king over israel and if you will hearken to all that i command you and will walk in my ways and do what is right in my eyes by keeping my statutes and my commandments as david my servant did i will be with you and will build you a sure house as i built for david and i will give israel to you and i will for this afflict the descendants of david but not forever solomon sought therefore to kill solomon sought therefore to kill jeroboam but Jer jeremosis and fled, but Jeremosis, but Jeroboam arose and fled into Egypt to Shikshak, king of Egypt, and was in Egypt until the death of Solomon. Now the rest of the acts of Solomon and all that he did and his wisdom are they not written in the book of the acts of Solomon? And the time that Solomon reigned in Jerusalem over all Israel was forty years, and Solomon slept with his fathers and was buried in the city of David his father, and be. We hope of him, his, his son reigned in his stead. Chapter 12. Rehoboam went to Shechem, for all Israel had come to Shechem to make him king. And when Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, heard of it, for he was still in Egypt, whether he had fled from King Solomon, then Jeroboam returned from Egypt, and they sent and called him. And Jeroboam and all the assembly of Israel came and said to Rehoboam, Your father made our yoke heavy. Now therefore lighten the hard service of your father and his heavy yoke upon us, and we will serve you. He said to them, Depart from thee for three days, then come again to me. So the people went away. Then King Rehoboam took counsel with the old men, who had stood before Solomon, his father, while he was yet alive, saying, How do you advise me to answer these people? And they said to him, If you will be a servant to this people today and serve them and speak good words to them when you answer them, then they will be your servants forever. But he forsook the counsel which the old man gave him and took counsel with the young man who had grown up with him and stood before him. And, that, and he said to them, What do you advise? What do you advise that we answer the people who have who who have said to me, Lighten the yoke that your father put upon us, and the young man who had grown up with him said to him, Thus shall you speak to the people who said to you, Your father made our yoke heavy, but do you like but 
do you lighten it for us? Thus shall you say it to them, My little finger is thicker than my father's loins, and now, whereas my father laid upon you a heavy yoke, I will add to your yoke. My father chastised you with whips, but I will chastise you with scorpions. So Jeroboam and all the people came to Rehoboam the third day, as the king said, Come to me again the third day. And the king answered the people harshly, and forsaking the counsel which the old man had given him, the he spoke to them according to the counsel of the young man, saying, My father made your yoke heavy, but I will add to your yoke. My father chastised you with whips, but I will chastise you with scorpions. So the king did not hearken to the people, for it was a turn of affairs brought about by the Lord, that he might fulfill his words, which the Lord spoke by Asia the Shalonite, to Jeroboam the son of Nebat. And when all Israel saw that the king did not hearken to them, the people answered the king, What portion have we in David? We have no inheritance in the son of Jesse. To your tents, O Israel, look now to your own house, house, David. So Israel departed to their tents, but Rehoboam reigned over the people of Israel who dwelt in the cities of Judah. Then King Rehoboam sent Erdram, who was taskmaster over the forced labor, and all Israel stoned him to death with stones, and King Rehoboam made haste to mount the chariots to flee to Jerusalem. So Israel had been in rebellion against the house of David to this day, and when all Israel heard that Jeroboam had returned, they sent and called him to the assembly and made him king over all Israel. There was none that followed the house of David, but the tribes of Judah only. When Rehoboam came to Jerusalem, he assembled all the house of Judah and the tribe of Benjamin, a hundred and eighty thousand chosen warriors to fight against the house of Israel to restore the kingdom to Rehoboam, the son of Solomon. But the word of God came to the Sheminah, the man of God, say to Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, king of Judah, and to all the house of Judea and Benjamin, and to the rest of the people. Thus says the Lord, You shall not go up or fight against your kingsmen, the people of Israel. Return every man to his home, for this for this thing is from me. So they hearkened to the word of the Lord, and went home again according to the word of the Lord. Then Jeroboam built Shisham in the hill country of Ephraim, and dwelt there. And he went out from there, and built Peniel. And Jeroboam said, said in his heart now the kingdom will turn back to the house of david if this people go up to offer sacrifices in the house of the lord of, of jerusalem at jerusalem then the heart of these people will turn again to their lord to rehoboam king of judea and they will kill me and return to rehoboam king of judea so the king took counsel and made two calves of gold and he said to the people you have gone up to jerusalem long enough behold your gods O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt, and he set one in Bethel and the other put in Dan, and this thing became a sin for the people who went to the one in Bethel and to the other as far as Dan. He also made houses on high places and appointed priests from among all the people who were not of the Levites, and Jeroboam appointed the feast on the fifteenth day of the eighth month, like the feast that was in Judah, and he offered sacrifices upon the altar. So he did in Bethel, sacrificing to the to the calves that he had made, and he placed in Bethel the priests of the high places that he had made. He went up to the altar which he had made in Bethel on the fifteenth day in the eighth month, in the month which he had devised of his own heart, and he ordained a feast for the people of Israel, and went up to the altar to burn incense. 
chapter 13. And behold, a man of God came out of Judea by the word of the Lord to Beth of Jehovah, was standing by the altar to burn incense, and the man cried against the altar by the word of the Lord, and said, O altar, altar, thus says the Lord, Behold, a son shall be born to the house of David, Josh by the name, and he shall sacrifice upon you the priest of the high places, who burns incense upon you, and men's bones shall be burned upon you. And he gave a sign the same day, saying, This is the sign that the Lord has spoken. Behold, the altar shall be torn down, and the ashes that are up upon it shall be poured out. And when the king heard the saying of the man of God, which he cried out against the altar of Bethel, Jeroboam stretched out his hand from the altar, saying, Lay hold of him, and his hand, which he stretched out against him, dried up so that he could not draw it back to himself. The altar also was torn down, and the ashes poured out from the altar, according to the sign which the man of God had given by the word of the Lord. And the king said to the man of God, Entreat now that entreat now the favor of the Lord your God, and pray for me, and my hand may be restored for me. And the man of God entreated the Lord, and the king's hand was restored to him, and because and and became as it was before. And the king said to the man of God, Come home with me and refresh yourself, and I will give you a reward. And the man of God said to the king, If you give me half of your house, I will not go in with you, and I will not eat bread or drink water in this place. For so it was commanded me by the word of the Lord, saying, You shall neither eat bread nor drink water nor return by the way that which you came. So he went another way and did not return the way that he came to Bethel. Now there dwelt an old prophet in Bethel, and the sons came and told him all that the man of God had done that day in Bethel. The word words also which he had spoken to the king they told to their father, and their father said to them, Which way did he go? And his son showed him in the way which the way which the man of God who came from Judah had gone, and he said to his sons, Saddle the ass for me. So they saddled the ass for him, and he mounted it, and he went after the man of God and found him sitting under an oak, and he said to him, Are you the man of God who came from Judah? And he said, I am. And then he said to him, Come home with me and eat bread. And he said, I may not return with you or go in with you, neither will I eat bread nor drink water with you in this place. For it was said to me by the word of the Lord, You shall neither eat bread nor drink water there nor return by the way that you that you came. And he said to him, I also am a prophet as you are. And an angel spoke to me by the word of the Lord, saying, Bring him back with your with with you into your house that he may eat bread and drink water but he lied to him so he went back with him and ate bread in his house and drank water and as they sat at the table the word of the lord came to the prophet who had brought him back and he cried to the man of god who came from judah thus says the lord because you have disobeyed the word of the lord and have not kept the commandment which the lord your god commanded you but have come back and have eaten bread and drunk water in the place of which he said to you eat no bread and drink no water your body shall not come to the tomb of your father and after he had eaten bread and drunk he settled to ask for the prophet whom he had brought back, and as he went away, a lion met him on the road and killed him, and his body was thrown in the road, and the ass stood beside it. The lion also stood beside the body, and behold, men passed by and saw the body thrown in the road, and the lion standing by the body, and they came and told it to the city where the old prophet dwelt. And when the prophet who had her, who had brought him back from the way heard of it, he said, It is, it is the man 
of God who disobeyed the word of the Lord. Therefore the Lord has given him to the lion, which has torn him and slain him, according to the word which the Lord spoke to him. And he said to his sons, Saddle the ass for me. And they saddled it, and he went and found his body thrown in the road, and the ass and the lion standing beside the body. The lion had not eaten the body or torn the ass, and the prophet took up the body of the man of God and laid it upon the ass and brought it back to the city to mourn and to bury him. And he laid the body in his own grave, and they mourned over him, saying, Alas, my brother. And after he had buried him, he said to his sons, When I die, bury me in the grave in which the man of God is buried. Lay my bones besides his bones for the saying which he cried by the word of the Lord against the altar in Bethel and against all the houses of the high places which are in the cities of Samaria shall surely come to pass. After these things Jeroboam did not turn from his evil way but made peace priests for the high places again from among all the people any who would be consecrated to be priests of the high places and this thing became sin to the house of Jeroboam so as to cut it off and to destroy it from the face of the earth. Chapter 14 At that time Asia, the son of Jeroboam, felt sick. And Jeroboam said to his wife, Arise and disguise yourself, and it uh, that it be not known that you are the wife of Jeroboam, and go to Shiloh. Behold, Asia, the prophet, is there, who said of me that I should be king over the people. Take with you ten loaves, some cakes, and a jar of honey, and go to him. He will tell you what shall happen to the child. Jeroboam's wife did so. She arose and went to Shiloh and came to the house of Asia. Now Asia could not see, for his eyes were dim because of his age. And the Lord said to Asia, Behold, the wife of Jeroboam is coming to inquire of you concerning her son, for he is sick. Thus and thus shall you say to her, when she came, she pretended to be another woman. But when Asia heard the sounds of her feet as she came in at the door, he said, Come in, wife of Jeroboam, why do you pretend to be another? For I am charged with heavy tidings for you. Go tell Jeroboam, go tell Jeroboam, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, because I have exalted you from among the people and made you leader over my people Israel and tore the kingdom away from the house of David and gave it to you. And yet you have not been like my servant David and kept my commandments and followed me with all your heart, doing only that which was right in my eyes. But you have done evil above all that were before you and have gone and made for yourself other gods and molten images, provoking me to anger and have cast me behind your back. Thus, therefore, behold, I will bring evil upon the house of Jeroboam. And I will cut off from Jeroboam every male, both bond and free in Israel, and will utterly consume the house of Jeroboam as a man burns up dung until it is all gone. And one belongs to the Jeroboam, and anyone belonging to Jeroboam who dies in the city, the dog shall eat, and one who dies in the open country, the birds of the air shall eat, for the Lord has spoken it. Arise, therefore, go to your house. When your feet enter the city, the child shall die, and all Israel shall mourn for him and bury him. For he only of, for he only of Jeroboam shall come to the grave, because in him there is found something pleasing to the Lord, the God of Israel, in the house of Jeroboam. Moreover, the Lord will raise up for himself a king over Israel, who shall cut off the house of Jeroboam today. And henceforth the Lord will smite Israel as a reed is shaken in the water, and root up and root up Israel out of their 
good land which he gave to their fathers and scattered them beyond the Euphrates because they have made their Asherim provoking the Lord to anger and he will give Israel up because of the sins of Jeroboam which he sinned and which he made Israel to sin. The Jeroboam's wife arose and departed and came to Tiz Tirzah and as she came to the threshold of the house the child died and all Israel buried him and mourned for him according to the word of the Lord which he spoke by his servant Asia the prophet. Now the rest of the acts of Jeroboam how he were word and how he reigned behold they are written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of israel and the time that jeroboam reigned was 22 years and he slept with his fathers and nadid his son reigned in his stead now rehobim the son of solomon reigned in judea rehobim was 41 years old when he began to reign and he reigned 17 years in Jerusalem, the city which the Lord had chosen out of all the tribes of Israel to put his name there. His mother's name was Nahum the Ammonitus, and Judah did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, and they provoked him to jealousy with their sins, which they committed more than all their fathers had done, for they also built for themselves high places and pillars and ashram on every high hill and under every green tree green tree and there was also male cult, cult prostitutes in the land they did according to all the abominations of the nations which the lord drove out before the people of israel in the fifth year of king rehobam shimshak king of egypt came to up against jerusalem he took away the treasures of the house of the lord and the treasures of the king's house he took away everything he also took away all the shields of gold which solomon had made and king rehobam made in their stead shields of bronze and committed them to the hands of the officers of the guard who kept the door of the house of, of the king's house and so often as the king went into the house of the lord the guard bore them and brought them back to the guards room now the rest of the acts of Rehobim and all that he did, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Judea? And there was war between Rehobim and Jeroboam continually. And Rehobim slept with his fathers and was buried with his fathers in the city of David. His mother's name was Nahum the Amorites, and Abijam his son reigned in his stead. And that's the end of chapter 14.